Well, this summer we're uh, in a summer series called The Best Summer Ever. And, uh, and we've been talking about some of the best things. Uh, the best gift, when we talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the best decision you can make, those types of things. Uh, but this morning I want us to focus on best friends. Friendship is a gift. And uh, I want you to think about some of those qualities that your friends have or qualities that a best friend possesses. So I'm going to open it up and I'm going to ask you to be willing to, if you're all right, uh, raise your hand and share with me some of those qualities that a best friend has. Who's like the star? Yes, right. Loyalty. Exactly. Yes. They call you out on your BS. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yes. They're trustworthy. Yes, so loyal. They call you out. They hold you accountable. Being trustworthy. Yes. Honesty. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Funny. Yeah, yes. They pray for you. Exactly, exactly. Yes. They're loving and trustworthy. Very good. Yes. They're always there for you. That's right. Yes. Positive attitude, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because your best friend is not going to be somebody that's just always moping around and in, in, in a bad mood. You, you don't want to hang around folks like that. You might be with them for a little while, but they're not your best friend. Amen? All right. What are some other? These are perfect. Yes. Love they love you unconditionally. That's right. Yeah. What else? A few more. Yes. They have to be a little crazy, yeah, because we're all, we're all a little messed up, aren't we? And so your best friend has to own that. And they, yeah. All right, one more. Who's, yes. They pull, you up when you're down. they pull you up when you're down. That's right. That's exactly right. These are great qualities, and these are qualities that we know and recognize in best friends. When I was uh, a little kid, a big part of my Christian experience was uh, summer camp, uh, summer camps, uh, church camps, scout camps, things like that. And I spent a lot of time at summer camp and loved it. And then as a teenager, I was a camp counselor. Uh, and even in college, I would come home for the summer and, and be a camp counselor. Uh, and then as a youth director, I led summer camps. And then as an associate pastor, I would come to, to the church camps and, and preach and things like that. So for 18 years of my life, I've been involved with, with camps. And, uh, and I love it. And uh, we would always have a thought for the day at the camps that I would go to. And one of my favorite thoughts for today is this. It goes like this. Do something nice and do it twice. Think of the good it will do. Be a good friend, and in the end, you'll have a good friend too. So that's a thought for the day. So do something nice and do it twice. Think of the good it will do. Be a good friend, and in the end, you'll have a good friend too. So this idea of friendship, um, as I've thought about the friends in my life, as you're growing up, most of the time the friends that you have, you meet in school because you're in school. You're in kindergarten, you're in elementary school, you're in middle school, uh, high school, college, postgraduate work, those types of things. And these are the folks that you're around most of the day. Five days a week, you're with them a lot, and they're your age. So most of your close friends growing up are probably going to be folks that you went to school with. Or you might be in an extracurricular activity, like you might be playing sports uh, and, and they're a member of your team. Uh, you might be in scouting programs. You might be in other programs, and you meet these folks in these events. 
but most of your friends growing up are probably going to be connected with school. Uh, one of the joys that I have as a minister is, is not only doing baptisms, but also to do weddings. And uh, many times the, the wedding party, the bridesmaids and the groomsmen, are folks that these guys and girls went to school with. And so on the rehearsal dinner, those evenings, a lot of these guys will stand up and, and give a speech, and the girls will stand up and give speeches. And I did a wedding this past weekend, and, and, uh, and it was just, you know, you kind of stand, when they stand up, I know the mamas and dads, they kind of cringe, like, what is this person going to say about my son that I don't know? What is this person going to say about my daughter that happened in college and I don't know? So, so there's, I, I kind of like to glance at the, pa the parents at the rehearsal dinners just to see kind of how much nervousness they're exhibiting. But, uh, and most folks are pretty kind. Uh, there was only one funny thing that I will tell you. Well, I won't, I won't tell you. Now I got to. Okay. <laughs> we are live streaming, and I apologize for you guys watching out there in TV land. Um, so this guy stood up one time at a wedding that I did, and, and he was talking to his buddy, and he said, listen, man, I, I can give you a lot of advice, and, you know, a lot of things we did we didn't do right, but, but I know you guys are going to get in a fight one day, you and your spouse, uh, and the only thing I can, can, can give you as a word of advice is when you fight, fight naked. <laughs> and uh, I'm embarrassed now. I shouldn't have even said that, but it came to my, and I, but, but anyway, so uh, yeah, so the peers, I mean, that was, that was this guy's, you know, if you're going to fight, do it, yeah, and, and then you don't fight very long. Um, so parents do cringe. Ministers do cringe. My wife cringes sometimes when I open my mouth. She's like, why do you even, you know, go down the pig path that comes in your brain when you're preaching. But the bottom, so the bottom line is uh, peers, these friends that you have, you grow up, uh, these friends are your schoolmates many times. But then when you become an adult and you're not going to school every day, your life changes. And many times your friends have moved away. They've gotten jobs other places. And the people that you meet, it might be through your work. They become your friends. Or Fran was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. And the, and the ladies that she became friends with during that season of our life were other mothers who were staying at home or mothers who were dropping their children off or things that they were doing, play dates with the kids and at the park and things like that. And so the, the circle of friends that you have many times as you get older are not your schoolmates because you're not in school, but they're folks that you work with, maybe your neighbors, maybe they're people that you go to church with. Last night we were blessed to be with Russell and Ann Lloyd. They celebrated 50 years of marriage, which was awesome. And, uh, and so a lot of the friends that met that night to, to celebrate with them were their church friends. There were so many Martha Bowman folks there. It was really awesome. Uh, but they had friends from other uh, parts of their life, other you know, places that they go and what things that they do. Uh, but our friends and these qualities that we have that we talked about are so important. Uh, and as you think about your friends, um, those are qualities that they've, they've seen in you. You know, you've been loyal you have their back. You pick them up when, when they fall. You call them out on the stuff that they do that, that, that you know is wrong. You know, you don't let them get away with things. And, uh, and these, these qualities are so, so important. Uh, the scripture that we have uh, in our bulletins this morning, I want to lift up to you. It's out of Proverbs. And uh, Proverbs, some of them were written by Solomon. Some were written, written by other men of the day. Um, but their observations... And because Solomon was such a man of wisdom, he understood society and he understood how do you respond in a situation in a way that is honorable and, and correct, and, and, and that's wisdom. Um, and so as they've looked at human 
condition. They said, here's, here's what we've noticed. Here's something that, that you can hold on to. And it says uh, in Proverbs 18, 24, a man or a woman of too many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Have y'all heard the comment or the, or the phrase, sticks and stones, not sticks and stones, that's another sermon. Um, uh, blood is thicker than water. Have y'all heard that comment, blood is thicker than water? The way it's used today is not how it was used when it was originally, uh, when, when, when people were originally using it. Uh, the, the interpretation of that comment is your family comes first. Your blood, what you, you know, the, com the common bond that you have, your blood, your, your family is more important. That tie is stronger than your other ties and your other commitments to the other folks that you know. Um, originally, when that phrase was used, it is the blood of the covenant is stronger than the water of the womb. And it means actually the exact opposite of the way it's used today. And that is the commitments that we have, the blood of the covenant, Old Testament, New Testament, or when you commit to someone, when there's, when, when you, and, and a lot of times it's in the idea of battle, uh, it's another term, those soldiers that have shed blood together, those soldiers that have, you know, been in the foxholes together, that commitment, that, that type of uh, loyalty is stronger many times than that of our biological family, the water of the womb. And so that's the original phrase was, but, you know, the blood of that covenant, those relationships, maybe those friendships that you have that you've built maybe through um, difficult times, that bond is stronger many times than the bond of a family. So that's kind of what it meant originally. But this idea of blood being thicker than water, it talks about relationships and the level of commitment and the level of loyalty and the level of going to bat for someone uh, and there is an un understanding that family first, or family is so, there's that bond is so, so strong. Uh, and it can be. It's not always the situation, but it can be. But this idea in Proverbs is there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, speaks to the first way that phrase was used. The blood of the covenant is stronger than the water of the womb. This idea, or thicker, blood is thicker than water, blood is uh, that type of thing. Uh, and this friendship that you and I have, this loyalty that we have in Christ can be the bond that can be unbreakable. The loyalty you have. Um, and it's in Christ. And if it's not in Christ, then it's strong. But, but there's, a, there's an extra dimension when we are united in Jesus. Uh, when I was in college at the University of Georgia, uh, my freshman year I pledged a fraternity, and I was in the fraternity all four years I was there, uh, and we went through our pledge ship. So all the guys who pledged the same fraternity, you go through this pledge ship, and ours was the whole fall quarter, and then at the beginning of the winter quarter, we did some finishing things, and then we were initiated uh, in the middle of the winter quarter. We were on quarter systems at Georgia back then. Um, so my whole freshman year, I was really, really close with the guys in my fraternity, but especially the guys in my pledge class. And there was one guy in my pledge class that we were just, when we first met, it's like we'd known each other forever. And we just were just so uh, connected. Man, I just, I, I love this guy. He loved me. We, we were just best friends. And we did so many things together. Uh, we went through our pledge ship together. We, 
we just I went to the Georgia Florida game with some other pledge brothers. We just I mean we traveled together. Um, you know I wrecked my car because of him and, and all kind of stuff. You know, uh, and it was my fault, but it was it was it, it was him. But anyway, no, I'm blaming him. But it was it was my fault. Um, but it was a spring break and it was a stupid move. And uh, Keith, I won't I'll have to tell you later on what I did. But it was stupid stupid thing. But it, spring break. I mean it was just all these things. Uh, but he was my best friend. And uh, my sophomore year at Georgia, uh, I lived in the fraternity, and, uh, but I really, I really got right with God. And uh, I decided, you know, I'm going to follow Jesus. And the things I did my freshman year, I don't need to be doing. Uh, I just don't need to be doing those things if I'm going to honor God. So my best friend in the world... And I were going on different paths. Now, the year before, we were partying and doing everything. We were, we were tracking together. I mean, we were, we were having a great time. We, but following Jesus, I, that was the path I couldn't continue to walk on. And I remember him sitting me down. We were sitting there right by the pool table upstairs. And he said, Magoni, man, what is going on with you? And I was like, I, I, can't, I can't keep doing this stuff. I got to honor God. And he said, I, yeah. You know, you can still love Jesus and, and keep doing the stuff we were doing. I was like, Terry, I can't. <laughs> I can't. There's just no way. And so what happened to us is we, we parted, and I lost my best friend. And I wasn't like, oh, Jesus, I'm so sad because I lost my best friend. I've chosen you, and now, you know, look what you did. It's like, no, Jesus is better than anything. And, you know, I, I just, but my heart hurt. I mean, because I, I mean, my buddy, I mean, we had memories and, you know, it's just, and he didn't want to, he didn't want to stop doing what we were doing. And, uh, and, and about two weeks later, I remember I was, I was rushing, this guy was rushing. I was trying to get him to join our fraternity. So I took him out to eat some pizza and, you know, we were talking about stuff and he was a Christian and we were talking and I said, Hey man, you know, just, if you want to join fraternity, we'd love to have you. But, you know, I mean, you do what God wants you to do. And about that time, these five guys walked into the pizza place. And he said, hey, I know those guys. Those guys are Christians, and, and they're part of this campus ministry. And I want to introduce you to them. I think you'll like them. So uh, we called them over to the table, and he introduced me to all these guys. And, and I was like, man, I like these guys. These guys are pretty cool. And lo and behold, God said, those are the guys I want you to hang out with. And so I became a part of that campus ministry, and, and they became my best friends. And three of them in particular, uh, I mean, this day, are, are, are some of my closest friends. And and it's like God said, listen, I, I've got a community of faith that I want to put you in. I've got folks that can be your best friend that are going to go in the same direction you're going to go in, that are going to pull the same way that you pull, that are going to love the same things that you love, that have the same values and the same core beliefs. And, uh, and, and that bond was closer with these guys because of our love for Jesus than it was with my fraternity brother that I would have laid my life down for, and he would have done the same for me. And so my encouragement for you is when you walk with Jesus, when you give your life to him, he is that brother. He is that friend. He is that person that's so bonded to you and so connected to you because all of those qualities that you talked about, you become a better person. And then the folks that come into your world, the folks that you can truly call friend, are going to be those people that have those same qualities that you have. Now, you can still have friendships that are outside the Christian faith, but you can't have that bond. You can't have that unity because you don't, 
You don't see eye to eye on everything. That's why the scriptures talk about marriage, and it says don't be unequally yoked. This idea of a yoke, they would put it on an ox, they would put it on a bull, and it would pull a cart, it would pull, and so those two would pull together, and they were yoked together, they were connected together. And so the scripture is telling Christians, when you become a Christian and you start following Jesus and you've embraced the truths of the word of God and the qualities of life and the, and the morals that you embrace, you're walking a certain way. And if you want to marry someone and they don't have those same values, you are unequally guilty. You don't have, you can be friends, you can, you can, but, but you're not going to have that same unity that you would have, that God expects you to have if you're both if you're both not following the Lord. So this idea of friendship, you can always have friends that aren't Christ followers if you're a Christ follower. You can. But the best friends, the closest friends, are going to be those people that love the Lord because you love the Lord, that have those same values, those same, that same uh, mindset, that same worldview. And God does that. Uh, Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples in John, it's a powerful scripture. It's John 15. And uh, he's about to, to be arrested and crucified. He knows he's fixing to give his life for us. And uh, he tells them, we talked about the Holy Spirit a few weeks ago, and, and some of those passages came out of the same uh, area of Scripture. But in John 15, <clears throat> let me read verse 14 and 15 to you. <clears throat> he says this to his disciples, and he says it to us as well. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from the Father, I have made known to you. So this ought to blow your mind, and that is this. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, God Almighty in the flesh, says you are going to be my friend. And I'm going to be your friend because I'm going to disclose to you all the things that are in the Father's heart. Remember we talked about friends, there's loyalty, there's all of those qualities, but also a friend, your best friend, you can really be honest with them. You know what I'm saying? I remember this guy I was talking about in college, man, we would sit at night and we would lay in and we would just talk about all kinds of things. And he would bear his soul to me, and I'd bear my soul to him. And man, we just, there was a, a bond. There was a unity there. And then when I, I, I realized, you know, I'm, I'm going in a different direction. And these other guys that became a part of my life, Philip and Alan and Lee, those three guys, it's like, you know what? There were times when I could bear my soul to them. And they could bear their soul. And I knew it was a safe place because they had my back. And they would call me out. They'd say, Magoni, you know, that's like, you got to love that. And Jesus says, this is a part of the relationship I want to have with you where I will honestly tell you from the Father's heart what is truth. And you can bear your soul to me because I love you and I'm going to be there for you. And, uh, and it's so important for us to know that this relationship with Jesus, he wants it to be a friendship. Now, that's the, not the only kind of relationship we have with Jesus. He is God, so he is our Lord. So you might think, well, he's my friend. He'll wink at me doing things. Like, no, he'll call you on the carpet. 
He's God. So there's this idea of he's the Lord, the slave and the master, all that. But he says, that's not the only kind of relationship I want you to have with me. I don't want you to think I'm God and I'm unapproachable, which he is God, and, and we can't approach him if we've got sin in our life, but, but he makes that way. He says, it's more than just God, creator, creation. It's, it's, it's beyond just the shepherd and the sheep. It's, it's, all of these relationships are true and they're a part of our understanding. But he, then he goes to this wonderful place and says, I want you to view this relationship with me as best friends. And it brings it to a level of intimacy. It brings it to a level of commitment. It brings it to a level of connectivity and a bond that is closer than anything else. And for your friend, Jesus said, there's no greater love than laying your life down for your what? friend. You might lay your life down for your children. You might lay your life down for your family member. But if it's your friend, there's no greater love than that. So as we conclude our time together this morning, my heart's desire is that you would yearn, that you would long for Jesus being your best friend. It can happen he wants it to happen. And then as he is connected with you and you're connected with him, he's going to bring people in your life with skin on, <laughs> other humans that you can confide in and have friends with. But if Jesus isn't our best friend in this world, then we're missing out. We're missing out. You might say, I want something that's that's out of whack. I knew somebody one time, they just wanted a friend. They wanted a friend. They wanted a friend. I was like, you know, you're, you're looking for something that's more important than, than, than God in your life. Look to God first. Get that right. And then he'll bring friends to you. But if you're looking for a friend first, that can become an idol. And that can be what you want more than anything else. And God said, no, I need to be what you want more than anything else. And then everything else you're going to have if Jesus is your best friend.